had another really clear Bigfoot sighting at in Illinois. This is what I was talking about with the state-by-state state thing, okay? Because my granddad had a place in Illinois, and he told my dad that he was seeing Bigfoot. And I don't think my dad believed him, but this was my this was my mother's father. And the last visit I had that we all had as a family, I think I was ten or eleven, and this was part of where like like it would seem to be lessening a little bit, but it was 10 or 11. I'm sitting, sitting, you know, out in granddad's yard. I hear a bird and my, my grandparents being an old, an older couple and not having kids anymore. They were just into birds. They had bird feeders everywhere. So I learned a lot about birds from them. Right. Hear this beautiful bird call thinking it's a bird. I'm looking up. He had Aztec sunflower, you know, like the huge, huge blossoms. Those things grow, I just found out recently, they grow up to 12 feet. Jeez, it's huge. Standing, okay, now standing in those was this huge, like once my eyes focused, there was just this huge hulking something. And I see it blinking, and then I kind of jumped, and when I jumped, I sort of startled it. And I ran into the house, told my family again that I had seen a monster. (laughs) Got yelled at. <laughs> my grandfather's like, where? So he came, they all came running outside and I pointed to, to where the sunflowers were. And then it was like this huge patch of light was there all of a sudden and it wasn't there before. And um, he was super excited about it, but I got yelled at by everybody for making up a story again. And I started crying. So it was, it was kind of at that point where I was like, you know, nobody believes. I. It's like the people I needed most to believe me didn't believe me, right. which was really starting to kind of, I think really was traumatizing in a way. It definitely wears on you after a while. It does. And it also led to me blocking out a lot of stuff because I was like, there there has to be something wrong with me, you know? But my grandfather was like, he yelled at them and, you know, defended me. And then he made everybody go inside. And he was like, once they calmed down, because he was super excited. He's like, tell me what you saw, honey. And my grandfather was 6'3". And I, I, you know, I pointed to the sunflower patch. And he kept raising his hand above, you know, above his head. Tell me, you know, tell me how high to have my hand where, where this thing's head was. Mm-hmm. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was all the way where his palm was once his hand was all the way up. So those blossoms brushed up against this thing's pecs. Oh, geez. So it was and at least like over what, maybe 13 feet. feet. Yeah. It was at least over 12 feet because those Aztec sunflowers, cause I just bought some cause I want to plant them eventually. They grow up to 12 feet. That's crazy. So this thing was huge, but that was a part of it. Like I, you know, I really began to feel like there was just something wrong with me. And, um. How old were you when this happened? Oh, I was probably about 10 or 11. It was the last summer that my parents were together. But getting, again, getting into like the teenage stuff. I sent, and if you really want to, I mean, I don't know for sure like if you guys have pictures when you air this but i have this picture still mm-hmm. and i showed this picture to Vic, and i, I think i sent it to a couple other people but i still have it i've got it in my photo album like out in my living room i moved away okay so we moved away from vermont when i like i said like just a few weeks before my 13th birthday my parents split up we moved to the dc area and for that following summer i came back to vermont to visit my best friend who had had some weird stuff go on with. Um, and my first, I think, weekend back, I was staying with her, and she had invited some of our friends from school over and, <clears throat> like, her cousin and stuff for a slumber party. So her mom was at work, and her dad wasn't home from work yet, and I think maybe her older sister was home. I don't, I don't really know. But... You know, we we're taking a lot of pictures and, you know, just being girls and stuff. She took this one picture of me next to her window. And this is on the second store story of a house, okay? In the picture are a pair of glowing eyes looking in the window at me. And the window's open. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I told Vic this story, okay? So, and I... I've referred to this on a few other podcasts as the somber party incident. So <clears throat> when I don't, I don't even remember the, taking that picture. I mean, you know, cause there's just a lot that happened that night, but yeah. what I do remember is that we had the window open 
and there was just a screen there that was it. And all of a sudden we kept hearing this noise, like something was hitting the house. And so finally we noticed there were rocks, like small rocks being thrown at the house from across the street. Like, well, not across the street, but across her driveway into the wood line. And right behind her wood line was this river that flowed through town. And behind that was the high school. That's how close she was to the high school. So um, she did tell me before that her dad got to the point where um, they had chickens and their chickens were disappearing. So he was locking the coop, but something was getting into the coop. So he moved the coop into the garage. Then and so, something was starting to get into the garage and taking chickens. So they had to keep the garage locked at night. So I, for a long time, thought that this was what had triggered this, right? Right. The behavior. So something's throwing rocks at the house, and she and I are looking out the window, and I, I remember her opening the screen, and, and she's hanging out the window, and she's screaming. She's thinking that it's, it's kids, you know, from somewhere, like maybe they were over at the high school, but it's dark, and, and they were coming over and throwing rocks at the house. Yeah. And at first, she doesn't notice these eyes. I see these eyes in the wood line, and they're they're almond-shaped. That's what was so weird about this. So. Um, again, when I told Vic this, he thought it was a type three. Now, I, I don't know what it was because all I saw were eyes, but they weren't the same color as whatever was in the window with me. And if you want, I can send you a picture of, um, I can send you a picture of this. Sure. Um, but anyway, uh, it's throwing rocks and I'm watching the movement and you can see the eyes are looking up at us. You can see the eyes going down to the ground. Then you can see the eyes slowly coming back up, and then there's a spray of pebbles hitting the house. Mm. The interesting thing about this that's, that really fascinates me still, honestly, whenever a car was coming down the road, the eyes would move into the position where it was watching the car come. And as soon as the headlight got within a few feet, the eyes would disappear. So, uh, as far as I can tell, it either was shutting its eyes, or it was moving its whole like body away. To like hide itself. Once, yeah, and then once the car like drove drove down a few feet, the it was almost like the eyes kind of returned. We're looking back at the house and went straight back to picking up pebbles and throwing them at the house. And this went on for. <laughs> This went on for about an hour or two, and it freaked us all out. And here's the weird thing, okay? So I guess I'm guessing by that point, my subconscious knew what I'd experienced in the past, but I didn't because I kind of just sunk to the floor and and I was just out of it. Like I started shaking. I felt terrified. And there was a part of me that was really scared that whatever that was out there knew, knew I was in the house and like wanted me on some level like it wanted to hurt me or 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 something that's just kind of how i felt right i actually just really felt that afraid of it and i remember her her cousin was really scared and jumped in the bed and was like she was younger than the rest of us was hiding under the covers and um the other girl that was over there was just kind of freaked out and she was like you know should i call my dad you know my dad will come over and if he needs to and and um my friend's still yelling at it because you know, she was an idiot. I don't know. She just, I think she just didn't know what it was. And she thought it was kids yeah. with glowing eyes, you know, throwing rocks at the house. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's the scenario. And I'm sitting on the floor trying to find my happy place, you know, because I'm freaked out. Right. So that was the scene with this thing, Jeez. you know, throwing rocks at us. And so finally, finally, I think she kind of, um, she kind of caught the hint that something else was going on. So she shut the, she shut the window and she just closed the, she closed the blinds and we went into another part of the upstairs to sleep because we didn't, we didn't want to even be in that room. And I think I left um, town the next day to go visit my sister who had, at the time was, was still living in Vermont. And when I talked to my friend again, she said it came back for two more nights and did the same thing. Jeez. Yeah. That's very How unsettling. old were you again? 13. 13. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were starting to, yeah. And, and so... The activity didn't really change. It just continued. Well, it, it, you know, like I, like I said, like I was starting to kind of shut my childhood out, like shut those, those things with like monsters and everything, but it still had weird things happen. Like, um, 
and and this one this one's I don't still don't know what the hell it was. I mean, I started to get to the point where I was having experiences with other people. Okay, so like that happened when I was fifteen or sixteen. I was living in Massachusetts again. This is this is what I was talking about. The weird like things were happening to me in other states, but I I'd skipped school with some friends of mine. Okay. And I lived in Massachusetts and, you know, it's very, very New England, New England-ish, you know, towns aren't called towns, they're called villages. I mean, it's just kind of the way that it, that it is, right? Yeah. There was four of us that skipped school. It was me, my best friend, and, and two, two guys that we kind of liked, right? And we were wandering around the village, and we weren't supposed to be there, you know, supposed to be in school. And there's a convenience store. It was like a little, little, cute little country store that was near a train depot that I I think was like inactivated. Like it used to, used to be active and wasn't really used anymore. So we decided to split up. Like we didn't want to go into the store. So me and my guy friend walked over to the train platform and we jumped down and we're walking along the tracks and I'm talking to him and all of a sudden he stops and he kind of gets this look on his face and I look ahead on the train tracks and we saw we see what I think is, is just a really tall guy all dressed in black. And it's he's moving pretty fast. He's booking up the, the train tracks towards us, right? Not running, but just really walking fast. And so we stop and we're kind of looking and, and we're talking to each other. And we're like, what is that? And, and I'm like, it's just some guy. And he's like, no, I don't think that's a guy. So we're, we're watching this thing come closer and it's, Walking along the um the railroad ties, and you can actually hear its feet hitting the railroad ties, and it think it stopped. Uh, I'm gonna guess maybe within thirty thirty feet of us, right? But it was definitely close enough where you could see it. Kind of had like a hump back. That's really the only way I can describe it. The legs it just looked like the knees were bent, like he like not like it was standing up straight, but just the knees were bent. But black eyes, sort of a snout. And it was looking back and forth between him and I. And we bolted. Both of us just bolted because we didn't know what we were looking at. So we ran out of there and scooby-dooed back up the, you know, the platform. And we just had to kind of stop for a minute to catch our breath, right? And I'm looking around the corner at this thing to see if it's coming. And it just kind of stood there for a minute. And then it walked down into the wood line. Now, the weird thing about, I mean, that was weird anyway. But the weird thing about this was... My grandmother lived in a neighboring village, probably about 20, 20 minutes away. And in the same week, I was getting ready for bed. It was like when I had left my, my, I'd left my mom in Maryland. Like I decided I wanted to live with my dad. Right. So it was like that first year of after moving from Vermont to Maryland outside of DC to Massachusetts. And now I'm living with my dad. Right. We were living at my grandmother's house for, for the time being. And my sister joined us from Vermont. And um, I'm getting ready to go to bed. And I know it was school night and everything. And, um, you know, back then we had shades. We didn't have blinds. And so hopefully your listeners know what shades are. Yeah. So <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had shades. And she had this ranch-style house. And she lived at the end of a cul-de-sac, which was relatively new. And... I'm getting ready to pull the shade down. And for some reason, you know, it's, and I know a lot of people say that when they have these experiences, but something just kind of made me look down at the ground and it was really dark out and she was surrounded by woods. So I'm looking at the ground and all of a sudden I see a pair of eyes look up at me and I don't know what this was. Okay. But I do know it's interesting enough because I've heard this description. I've heard it mostly associated with Dogman where it was like that weird kind of green sort of amber, only the pupils looked more slit-like. So I see these eyes look up at me, and whatever it was did a push-up, and then it, it stood right up, and, like right up, and it pressed itself up against the glass, and the, so the only thing that's between me and it is glass. And I can't make out any other details than the eyes, and it Again, it looks like it has it, the ears were pointed, but they really seem to appear to be on the side of, of this thing's head. I dive into like my bed and I roll over and quickly pull 
the shade down on the other window, like that's facing the street. And I hear a growl on that end and something hit the house. And then I'm laying there and I'm trying really hard to convince myself that I just imagined and that it didn't happen. Okay. So, so I'm doing this over and over again, like just this mantra in my head because there's no more noise. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing out there. You know, like I had to have imagined that there's no way I saw that. There's no way any of that happened. Right. And so by the time I calmed myself down and just convinced myself that I had imagined it, my dad came home and like I said, you know, he, he, um, he had a, a problem with alcohol, but he, he was a very avid member of AA for a long time. So, so his schedule was like clockwork. And if you went to the meeting, but by the time he was coming home, it was about nine thirty at night. So his headlights hit the house. And as soon as he, they hit the house, I hear another growl and something hit the house and I can hear something moving off into the woods. And this happened, how old were you? I was 15, Hmm. going on 16. And again, that was in another state. So that's part of just what's what's really weird for me, you know, is, 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 is multiple states. But I don't think, I think the only other thing that happened when I was a teenager I didn't even have a clear sighting, but I think I got zapped. And that was when I was 17 and I was a total metalhead. And I, I was, I was back when like Motley Crue was popular and all this other stuff. Right. There were some water towers in my neighborhood. Um, also in Massachusetts in a different town though. Um, but not that far apart. Right. So I, um, decided I was going to paint some lyrics on this water tower that was in my neighborhood you know, get in trouble and vandalize that kind of stuff. So I'm up there and I'm getting ready to do it. And all of a sudden um, I hear something growling and I thought it was a dog because it sounded like a dog. I hear something growling and the trees are moving. And the really weird thing that happened was the image of a werewolf popped into my head. And then all of a sudden I got super dizzy, Hmm. really, really dizzy. And I went home and I was sick for four days. Whoa. And I thought it was the flu, but now I think that I actually got hit with infrasound. That's a lot. A lot of people have reported that to me. Like, uh, I mean, not a lot, but there were there was a park ranger that had told me that this thing roared at him, and then he was sick for like a couple of days after that, nauseous, nausea, and 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 he hadn't was it was not able to think clearly. Yeah, couldn't drive. He was kind of in a fog, and he couldn't eat anything, and it was like it did something to his equilibrium. Mm-hmm. It's like your body has to reset. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sick for four days. Nothing else cryptid-wise happened for a while. I did have a really strange... Well, I had a couple a couple of like strange things that were more ghostly. Like, okay, so I, I had my own round of being involved with the occult at one point. Okay, oh. and I, I bought this book. Yeah, I bought a book found it in an antique store i don't recommend buying it okay but <laughs> it was like it was i think it was actually called the complete book of the of the occult or something like that right yeah bought this book found it in an antique shop down the street because because it was just that kind of area right brought it home was really excited about it found some stuff in there and so i and i know it's definitely 16 by this time right i found a spell that you're supposed to only do on halloween if you're if you're a young maiden and you have to be a virgin, if you do this spell at midnight on Halloween, then and you you like say the incantation, you have to do all this stuff. It's really complicated, right? You have to say the words, eat an apple and brush your hair and look in the mirror at the same time, right? Hmm. And in the mirror, you'll see your true love, right? So of course I'm gonna try it. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wanna know who this is. Yeah, of course. So, so I did this, right? And it was like I'd gone out with my friends before and I'm, I'm home. You know, I made a home for curfew, had this whole thing planned out and it's thundering and lightning out. So it's a perfect setting for this whole thing. So I do this, right? Brushing my hair, doing the whole thing. And there's a strike of lightning and over by the window is there is, there's a black silhouette of a man that appears. Okay. And then, and then it's gone. So I take, I get in the shower, taking a shower. And then all of a sudden, illuminated in the droplets of water is the figure of a man 
But again, and I don't, I don't know what the the hell this is. Okay, I mean, it just seems like some entities can use light. Okay, but it also makes me think of what and the Bible says, like how you know, the devil can appear as an angel of light because he he once was you know an angel of light. I don't know, right. But there was, it was like light, but it looked like, like an aura, I guess, of like pink light. And I could see the shape of a man and I could see like this beautiful face that kind of looked angelic and it was forming in the water with me in the shower. Okay. And then all of a sudden I started to feel like I was physically being touched and there's, there was half of me that was going, wow, this is really cool. And then the art, there was a, part of me that was like screaming in my mind like this is really bad because I don't know what I just did and then I said the words Jesus save me and as soon as I did that and I wasn't a believer in God or anything at the time yeah I just said Jesus save me and as soon as I did that the face turned really ugly and it roared at me Ooh. and it was gone wow that just made me uncomfortable Jeez. So I burned that book later. I also <laughs> burned my, my I burned Mark. my Ouija board with it too because I had one of those. And the weird mm. thing is when I would burn them both, the Ouija board screamed. Yeah, yeah. I've fire. heard that a lot. Yeah. That was weird. Um, the other thing. Okay, yeah. This one, this one still kind of, kind of, kind of hurts me in my heart. So I, I had a boyfriend who died when I was. I was 20, um, died in a car accident with a friend of mine and, you know, it, his, I mean, it, you know, everybody was, everybody was devastated, of course, you know, I think like about a month after the funeral and everything, I was at the time I was living with his sister and like, I was renting their up the upstairs of like their house. And she came to me one day and she said, you know, my parents really miss the sound of somebody being upstairs. You know, will you go with me and my husband to my, to my mom and dad's and spend the night just to, because if they hear somebody up there, it's going to, it's going to make them feel a little bit comforted, you know, cause they were, they were really missing their son. Yeah. And so I said, sure, it's fine. And you know, his room was completely untouched of course. And he used to play guitar. And so I went and they had the window open. So I went in there and the first kind of interesting thing was that the curtain, the curtain sort of blew forward and it brushed the strings of the guitar, you know? And, um, I thought that was kind of weird. And then I settled down for the night and I was laying there on my side and I was thinking about him and just thinking about everything and really missing him. And then all of a sudden I felt fingertips brushing my temple and my hair. Was that something that he did? As he, he was never that affectionate towards me. Hmm. But it didn't stop. And I remember, like, I started praying, and I was like, you know, I was like, God, whatever's happening right now, please make it stop. And it didn't stop. And, you know, it wasn't, it was very gentle, but I was terrified. You, so you don't think it was, like, malevolent at all, then? I don't know what it, I honestly don't know what it was, but it was like someone was there with me and they kind of pressed, you know, pressed it, their, their chest into my back. And I think I finally just passed out from fear. But when I woke up, you know, I looked at that side of the bed and it really seriously looked like somebody had slept there. Hmm. But I never went back to that house. Like I refused to go after that because it really freaked me out. Yeah. So, and so, when did the cryptid activity start back up for you? That wasn't until I moved back. And a lot of that was just really, really textbook. Okay. So, that was after, that was following the death of my boyfriend. About four months later, my my sister and her then husband decided that they wanted to move back to, to Vermont from Massachusetts and they asked me to go. So, it's the same town. It was, it was, it's Bennington. My My mom. My mom's been there since like the sixties off and on. She's been there for a really long time. And my stepdad bought this place back in the eighties and he, he had to build the road. I mean, you know, he had like bulldozers and, and stuff just so he could like plow a road up the side of this mountain. And in fact, um, my mom told me this crazy story about when he was building his house, 
he had the bulldozer parked outside and he like a, he had like a little shack that he built for himself while he was working on the house. He came out in the morning one time and there was a boulder sitting on the seat. So he had to figure out all day how he was going to get this boulder off the seat without hitting the tracks of this bulldozer. And um, so he kind of knew that something was up. And like I said, he's very protective about, about this, but he just calls them the neighbors. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we moved up there, my, my, um, my mom and my stepdad used to work in the medical field. They're, they're, they're elderly now. They're, they're retired. But they decided that they wanted to go work at a hospital in um, Gallup, New Mexico. So they Oof. pretty much just gave us the keys to the place, you know, and left. And I took a year off because I was still grieving. But we were living off grid. So no electricity. We had outhouses. We only had a wood stove for heat. But he wanted some land cleared for a pond. That's his hobby. So, like, he kept all that heavy equipment. And he um, sometimes gets hired by people to build ponds. Hmm. So he would just, you know, do that. But he had several ponds on the property. And there's this one beautiful. Now, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. I saw it this past summer because that's when my sister got married. It was out in the middle of nowhere. And he wanted us to clear the land. And at the same time, we were we had to get wood for winter. So um, it just kind of started his textbook with, with anybody that knows anything about, you know, class b stuff i mean we were having rocks thrown at us yeah like if we were we were splitting wood by hand we would be doing that and then we would hear knocks tree knocks in the woods um and you know we didn't know what the hell it was for a long time we just thought it was somebody else chopping wood that kind of stuff classic sasquatch behavior classic yeah like the weird little teepee structures here and there um and so naturally you broke them apart and urinated on them yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, no, didn't do that, but I did kick, I did kick over rock piles. Oh, so man. We'd find rock piles <laughs> in weird places, and I'd kick them over. Market <laughs> dominance. Yeah. <laughs> then you threw the rocks out in the woods and beat your chest. <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, it's just, just some weird noises here and there. And I do remember um, one thing that happened that was really just creeps, it creeps me out more now that I think about it. Like at the time, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know anything about what was going on but like my sister and my niece was like 18 months so it was my sister and um my niece and i we all thought the chickamunks were so cute you know we wish that we could pat one and all this other stuff and we were talking about it a lot while we were out working in the middle of the woods well one night we came back to the house and i opened up the sliding glass door to go out onto the deck and there was this dead chickmunk right in the middle of the mat mm. and i mean this thing it wasn't bloodied Okay, there was it. It wasn't even. I mean, it was fresh. It was limp, and it was just sitting right in the middle of the mat. Mm. And I didn't think about it at the time because we blamed it on we blamed anything weird on the cat, you know. The right. cat, mom's cat was there, and so we thought maybe his name was Freddy. We thought maybe Freddy had killed it and bought it, but, but it was so kind of weird. Gifts. It was so like, and you thought Freddy was throwing rocks too? No, we just we, <laughs> we blamed that on squirrels. Because <laughs> it wasn't just I'm serious because we didn't know what it was. They no. do that. Like, yeah. Squirrels. They'll make noise inside the walls. Yeah. Yeah. So that has some throw acorns at me. Have, we'd have little twigs thrown at us. We'd have dirt. <laughs> Something was throwing <laughs> dirt at us. Yeah. And like little pine cones. Yeah. And like it was, it felt like it was coming from the trees. So we would look up and we couldn't see anything. So we're like, okay, squirrels. Except this one rock got thrown at my brother-in-law's head, and it was the size of a golf ball. Mm. And yeah. that pissed him off because he was because my stepdad had a Kubota and we would hook up this wagon to it that we we're throwing all the wood in. And he was driving and we were actually sitting in the back of the wagon on the way down there to do some work. And this huge rock just it just missed him by like an inch. And he was pissed. Wow, you know, mad too. So um, so that that went on really weird stuff would go on like during the winter, something would hit the house and a bunch of snow would fall off. That it just weird. The neighbor had dairy cows. It was a dairy farm, and I would hear what for a long time what I thought was a cow at night. Until the next night, I'd hear the cows, and I was like, okay, whatever that was was not a cow. So whatever this was would hit a really long note, and it was a low tone, and it would just hold it. So it was a call of some sort, right? Yeah. 
and actually my first very first night there there was laughter in the woods and what i thought were flashlights but now i know it was eye shine that was my very first night back in vermont when i was living up there at 21 but anyway um so we would hear hear these weird hear this weird low, low tone stuff sometimes we'd be in the woods i'd hear somebody call my name and it would sound like my sister or my brother-in-law and then i'd ask them later on be like hey did you call me and they were like no we were here that would happen when i enlisted in the military it was there and um i was trying to get in shape so like i quit smoking and i started jogging the perimeter of the hill that they lived on and there was this one section of woods that was really dark <coughs> excuse me and um every time i'd get down there I would hear several things moving in the in the woods around me and for at first I thought it was deer because actually there was one time something flushed a buck out and it the buck leapt over my head while I was running. Oh, wow. That would be that would Yeah, be. like I I'm running, I look up and I see the underside of this buck going over me. At the same time I was lucky I didn't get kicked in the head. Yeah, for real. Know? That's dangerous. There'd be something moving in the around in the trees and sometimes i would hear what sounded like whispers or laughing and every once in a while i swear it felt like something was very close to me because i would feel breath on the back of my neck and then when i would turn around and whatever it was it was gone so this was almost a daily occurrence when i took up jogging and i started jogging in the summer because i, I had to leave for basic training in august so um there were some days when i was just too busy to stop in that that section of woods because i had other things to do that day but very rarely was there never not any noise or just something strange but it was it was almost a daily occurrence there and so um the kind of kind of the the biggest thing that happened that really i i don't know what it was um but my sister and i were together and i'm pretty sure it was a couple of weeks before i was getting ready to leave for basic training and um we were outside in the yard and by that time i think that my mother and my stepdad had come back from new mexico but um we heard a gunshot and then we heard something roar and it it's oh oh god do you know who thinker thunker is uh yeah thinker i've heard of him thinker? yeah mm -hmm. he's got a recording he has two recordings that he played back to back one is from that recording that that's that came from Canada a few months ago of like some couple stopped on the side of the road and I think they have a small kid with them and something's something's howling. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he took that and he played it next to something that he heard in Georgia. This is what we heard in Vermont, and it really sounded like a roar. And so there was a gunshot and a roar, and my sister and I just stopped and just kind of looked at each other and. You know, there might have been a perfect, there's like a perfect timing. So the roar and then silence for maybe three seconds and then the roar again, but it was further away. And then another few seconds passed and the roar again, even further away. A few seconds passed and then you could hear it just very faintly in the distance. So whatever that was running away from the gunshot was moving. Yeah. At some pretty, very quickly. Speed. So, Somehow or another, my, my stepdad shows up and my sister told him what happened and what we heard. And he just gets this look on his face. Okay. He wasn't really, he would talk about, like, if there was weird stuff around the property, he'd say the neighbors. We thought people. Okay. Like, we weren't, we didn't know it was an inside joke that he had. It, right. it was his, his stupid little inside joke. Right. So he, uh, he's kind of, he's kind of looking around. He's listening and he just gets this grave look on his face. And then he calls my stepbrother and my stepbrother's there within like 15 minutes and they get in the truck and they drive on one of, one of the paths that he's mowed and they're gone for maybe an hour. And we've been back and forth because like my mom started to get worried because she was, you know, she didn't hear the noises, but we told her what happened, but she was concerned. About an hour passes and here comes my stepdad walking out of the woods with a rifle. And my stepbrother then is in his truck driving past the house and leaving. 
And um, <clears throat> my stepdad comes up to us, and my sister, my sister's real, very, you know, she's very much an antagonist. And so she lights into him, and she's like, what, you know, what happened? What did you find? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he just looks at her, and he's like, look, don't ask me any questions, and we're not going to talk about this ever, okay? He's like, as far as I'm concerned, you didn't hear anything. Wow. And that was it. So we were really freaked out, and we were kind of more baffled by his behavior. Um, and I, I mean, I haven't been around um, a whole lot. It just, you know, I, like once I left for the army, I mean, I ended up getting married. I had kids, you know, I was with my ex for 20 years and I lived in all these different places. So I haven't been around a whole lot, but on one of my visits, oh, actually when I got off active duty, I went home for a couple of months and uh, he was building, he, he's kind of well off he was building himself an airstrip on the property and he had a, a, a plane that he built like a i don't know one of those glider type things right and um he had some wood that he had to pick up from a, air, a section that he cleared and he wanted me to help him with it so um he's running the chainsaw and I'm, I'm doing something else and then all of a sudden i i see my stepdad wave at at the the wood line at somebody in the woodline, and I'm thinking it's one of his neighbors. And at the time, there was a neighbor that lived down the street that I kind of was a single guy that I kind of had a crush on, so I was hoping it was him, right? So I look in the direction of where he waved, and <clears throat> I'm looking in time to see from a shoulder down, basically what just looks like co something covered in like, like maybe orange hair, and it's retracting back into the tree line, and it's tall. And so he turns the, the chainsaw off and he just kind of looks at me and I kind of look at him and I, I don't remember if I asked him who is that or what is that, but his response was, oh, it's just one of the neighbors. And I just kind of looked at him and he was like, he's like, trust me, um, you don't want to know. He's like, but we do need to leave now. And I was like, okay. And so we quickly hurried and like, he kept telling me to move faster because, and we were hearing stuff and I heard something that sounded like a call. And I think I heard something that sounded like a knock, and he just started kind of laughing. He's one of those that, if he gets nervous, he's going to laugh. So he was doing that, and he was telling me to hurry up because we needed to go. And I was like, okay, you know. And then, um, like I said, all of this stuff was actually what led me into wanting to find out more about Bigfoot. Once I, because I had these memories in my head, you know, for a while. But on a visit later on, he finally, he like he he works his, his land. I mean, that's, that's his retirement thing. You know, that's his, that's, he's, he's a very much an outdoorsman and that's his little paradise. Right. So he came in from like doing something out in the woods and, um, he was like taking his boots off and he's talking to my mom in the kitchen. And I think this, I know, I know this was like well into me becoming a mom and having kids and being up for a visit. And he looks at my mom and he's like, I saw one of the neighbors today, you know, and this is like right in front of me. And she's like, oh, really? And um, they both kind of look at me, and um, my mom goes, he thinks he sees ghosts. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, well, they're not ghosts. He said, I don't really know what they are, he said, but they're really tall, and they're covered in, like, hair or fur or something. He said, but if I see one of them, he's like, sometimes, sometimes they'll see me, and they'll stop and just kind of watch what I'm doing, and then they go about their business, and... I go about my business, you know, so we just kind of leave each other alone. And this was all prior to you joining the, the military, right? That part was after. That was after I'd, I'd, like, come home. And I I ETS'd from the military in 2000, officially. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. And then you, and then, at, so, and so moving forward on the timeline, what happened to you after that? Like, after this last round of incidents? <sighs> well, um... I was living in Hawaii, so <laughs> nothing, you know, there's, there's really nothing there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's beautiful, but it's a really weird place. I don't know if you've ever been. Yeah. Um, it's got its own spirit to it, you know? Yeah, it does. So, you know, my mar my marriage was bad from the get go. It, it was a weird time. It was like, we didn't get married until after my son was born and I really think the only reason why he married me was because he knew that if I didn't go to Hawaii with him, cause he came down on orders for Hawaii and I was in the national guard at the time, but I had my son. So I didn't ha like, I stopped going to drill 
because I had a baby, you know, and they allowed me to do that, which was nice. But, um, so it took, it took two years for me to officially be out. But anyway, my marriage was, was already a mess. And when we went to Hawaii, we were fighting a lot. And the weird thing is like when we would fight, I would sometimes see, and sometimes I do, sometimes I see figures like in, in an aura, but there'd be like a lot of them in that house. It was really strange. And it was a military installation, but you know, our marriage was kind of, was really rough, like off and on, but we also had joined the church. So it was really fresh in my, my Christianity. And it was a really cool church because the pastor was one of these pastors where he, he didn't say, this is my church. He said, this is our church. And he believed in the supernatural, which was really cool hmm. because he'd had enough of his own experience. He was a Filipino guy, you know, oh, and yeah. he'd, he'd seen enough. He was like, yeah, I know all this stuff is real, you know? So he was a good guy. We were in a good place that way, but I spent 10 years having babies. You know, my, my son was born in North Carolina and my daughter in Hawaii. I conceived another in Hawaii and my last two were born in Idaho. So we, we lived in a lot of places, but cryptid wise, even supernatural wise, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot going on for like, like that time period because everything had changed and I was at home. Most of the time I was, I was either having a baby or I was nursing a baby. But by 2001, when I saw that special on Bigfootville, like I said, I started to study it. And that's when I started to piece a lot, a lot together about what was going on on my stepdad's property. But then, like I said, I began to, to remember things. When we moved to Idaho, we moved there in 2004 and there wasn't a whole lot going on except my daughter my daughter was beginning to see stuff. Okay, so this is it's not just me, it's my kids. My kids have had their own experiences with cryptids. And then what's what's interesting is my grandfather, the one that I told you about, he he had his own experiences, but so didn't his father. In fact, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Maltese tiger or the blue tiger. A lot of people think, it, think it's a myth, but my great-grandfather was a missionary to China back like a hundred years ago now, literally. Mm-hmm. And he, his way of preaching the gospel to the Chinese, he was an avid hunter from here, from Tennessee. And he wasn't getting anywhere with, you know, preaching the gospel to the Chinese. So he, he needed a segue. And the segue was that in some of these remote villages, there were tigers that were like ballsy enough to go into people's houses and steal their kids and their dogs and stuff. So he was getting wind of this. Like he was hearing this from some of the local Chinese and he was like, I can help. He's like, I'm a, I'm a hunter. I'm a really good hunter. So he, he ended up being able to shoot these problem tigers and that acted as a segue for the Chinese to hear about Jesus for the first time. So it's kind of cool. story. So, but he discovered, or he kept saying that he was seeing a blue tiger. And that, and if you actually, when we're off air, if you're interested, I'll, I'll tell you his name so you can Google it. There's like, I mean, there's stuff on the internet about this and everything. I think it's really cool. And he wrote a book that I have. Um, this one tiger seemed to elude him the whole time, but it's been considered a cryptid. So I have this really weird family lineage that kind of almost went into my daughter telling me, and my son, my daughter telling me that you know, we lived super close to a supermarket when we were in Idaho and we'd let our oldest two together ride their bike to the store and get something for us and bring it back as long as they were together. But my daughter started to tell me that when they were taking the path, she would, she would sometimes hear something growl at her from the wood line, but she said that she also felt like there was something living there that didn't like her. Okay. And she didn't know what that was. She, she didn't tell me for years. My son for some reason thinks that in the house that we lived in, there was a dog that would show up at night and look in his window. And he said that it looked like Anubis. So they started having experiences. Okay. Now how how weird is that? I don't know. Then we're Christians. Okay. So now here's the thing. I went from, and I, I, you know, I renounced everything that I was into when I was younger and I became a full blown hardcore Christian. Okay. In fact, my ex-husband was a pastor for a time. Okay. So you, so, you know, switching even like just my, my whole spiritual, everything, there were still things going on. Okay. So 
I, but I didn't have anything. I didn't experience anything until we moved into California because we were really close to an inst- a military installation that was inactive, but I kept seeing things in my peripheral vision when um, I, I used to work in mental health and I had, but I actually had two jobs. I was working in a restaurant during the day and I was working at a residential rehab facility at night. So I was never home. I mean, it's California. It was really expensive. But when I was driving at work to, at night, it'd be late at night and it was the next town over, but I would cross through this abandoned military installation. Right. And there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, you'd see things running here and there kind of, kind of glimpses, you know, or like eye shine and stuff. And, um, and again, like I said, I really knew about Bigfoot pretty hardcore was really, had really been into it. Didn't know anything about dog hunting. My daughter and, um, she's really, you know, she's, she's, my son doesn't like talking about this too much either, but my daughter, especially she's in that phase in life where she's trying to figure out adulthood. And the last thing she wants is for anybody to think she's a weirdo, you know, because of the things she's seen. Right. But totally understand. Yeah. But she and, uh, she and some of her friends used to sneak out at, at night. This was like when she was in middle school, <laughs> honestly, she goes spend the night somewhere and then they'd be like, Hey, let's go get in trouble on this, you know, abandoned military installation. And they would. Right. <laughs> So it's late at night. She told me the story about um, it's late at night. They're trying to go to this golf course to cause problems. And they think her friend's little brother's following them. And they finally stopped to, to take a rest. And she didn't tell me this for years. She actually told me this a couple of years ago. And I was so shook when she told me because it was so weird to have my child tell me she was experiencing stuff that I that I'd experienced. Right. She said they were sitting down to tie their shoe and all of a sudden her her friend that she was with was finally sick and tired of the quote unquote little brother following them so she started yelling at like the woods because she's like i can hear you in there come out and she said whatever it was it started to walk towards them but it stopped just right outside of like a street light and she said whatever it was had the head of a dog and it had red eyes and they ran they ran all the way back home Wow. So, and so, she didn't tell me that one for years. She told me that a couple of years ago that that happened. She didn't want to get in trouble for sneaking out one, but then she told me about it. Well, so she was trying to have some things happen to her. So you and your family are haunted, and I will have to stay far <laughs> away from you. <laughs> now, you have a lot that's gone on, and uh, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and being so uh, open and talking about all this stuff and being perceptive enough to to pay attention and and realize it and notice it, you know, a lot of people don't. They just kind of, you know, they'll just go through life. Something weird happened. Saw something up in the tree. No, well, that's it, you know. And then they just kind of, and then something else will happen, and they just keep dismissing it. And then when you ask them, "Is anything weird happened to you?" No, not really, because they just ignore it over and over again. You know, because the paranormal really is just normal. We just it, we just don't perceive it. Yeah, I, I think I think that you're you're right about that. You know, and it's like I. I think it's really bad when some people will mislead people and be like, oh, your vibration's not high enough to see this. I, I actually hate that. Yeah, well. It's not like it's it's great. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. it happens and it doesn't happen. I'm really analytical. When anything, something weird, whenever something weird happens, no matter what it is, I try to put it in a box first, like a normal box. Mm-hmm. I try very hard to do that. And if it doesn't fit, then obviously it's it's something else, you know. Yeah, it, like it's best to be completely objective as much as you can, you know, to yeah. try and kind of disprove. But you know, sometimes you can't do that. So yeah, not everything fits in a box. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Lisa, we have been talking, and it's been great, <laughs> and it, I appreciate you coming on the show and yeah. giving us all that information. And if you would be so kind as to uh invite the listeners to your group yeah sure um just just so they know i'm i'm kind of protective of my group meaning it's not really it's a place for like i developed it for other researchers and people that have had experiences like this and i mean enthusiasts too but i'm very much Mm anti-bullying you know and anti-troll and everything so if people are interested you're more than welcome to check it out the acronym is lisa so 
you need to look for the group that's like it's in all caps lisa yeah. but it stands for lichen international sasquatch association you have to answer three questions that we have it's kind of an interview process it's actually what we're doing we're interviewing people if you really want to join and you don't ask the questions you're going to get declined instantly but if you answer the questions it's kind of like the admin team has sort of like an interview process for letting people in um only because i don't want it to turn into like some of these other groups that have just gotten horrid i'm really trying to stop that from doing from happening but yeah definitely feel free to um check us out people are more than welcome to contact me on facebook if you know i if I can help you with, with a situation, I'm more than happy to do that. Or even if you just want, want to just talk to somebody about you, what you've experienced, I do that too. So that's fine. Yeah. And, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and I'm sure we'll continue to, uh, you know, have a friendship and yeah. um, work together as much as possible. And, um, um, that's all the time we have for tonight, folks. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in and thank you, Lisa, for coming on the show. It's no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So everyone out there, thank you for tuning in and have a good night. Bye.